0: What's going on, boys and girls? we got a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We had on Two White Lights the Pancake God, one of the best 83 kg lifters in the world right now, Jamar Royster, and he gave us a really good interview. We didn't talk about pancakes, which is a bit of a surprise, but we talked about him as a powerlifter, and he's a damn good powerlifter too. Talk about his journey kind of getting... A late start in powerlifting, and the progress, the quick, fast progress he's made in the three years of him competing, his prep leading up to USAPL Raw Nats is going to be around eight weeks away if he feels like he's getting overlooked in the 83kg weight class, and the comparisons he gets to Russ Orhe, and a lot more. Really, really good interview. We also talk a little bit about WPO being on ESPN, some massive breaking news in the powerlifting world. So I put on my story, wanted to get your guys' opinion on it. WPO, ESPN, ESPN gets equipped lifting. But of course, before we get into all that, I want to talk to you guys about Rival Us. Guys, girls, visit Rival and get yourself some protein, creatine, branched amino acids. Pre-workout, you name it, they got it. Get it at Rivalist.net. And then use promo code ANGELO15 and get 15% off of your order. Order. I don't know why I just mispronounced it that horribly. Get 15% off by using ANGELO15. Also, visit twowhitelights.com. Get yourself a shirt. We got a new one out there. We got the Bomb Out Club shirt. Really, really cool design. I'm really happy how it turned out. Get one of those shirts. It's 2 Sweet. Go on to whitelights.com. Get yourself a shirt. Also, visit that blog of ours on week to week training log up to my next competition at USAPL Raw Nationals. And of course, leave a review, a five star rating, and subscribe to Two White Lights on iTunes. I posted a giveaway ID on my page, and we will continuously do that for about a month. So, leave a Good review, funny review, something that makes me laugh. I'll read it on the air. The funniest review gets a little bit of a Two White Lights care package. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you get in on that giveaway. But without further ado, here is Two White Lights. Monday, August nineteenth. And congratulations, you big, beautiful bastard Bane, for winning best overall lifter at a WPC World Championships. And while Bane is winning World Championships in beautiful Orlando, Florida, the co-host formerly known as Enzo is stuck in shitty Illinois recording a podcast by himself. But We have a really good show for you guys today because Jamar Royster joined us, one of the best 83 kg lifters in the world. We also talk a little bit about WPO signing on with ESPN to broadcast WPO. So WPO signed with ESPN, really big breaking news in the powerlifting organization. Before we get into all that, I want to give a big shout out to City Barbell, Garrett, Ben, Steve, Reed. Thank you for driving me out there. I sound a little low energy today, it's because I am low energy. We had a really long night in Indiana, and I had a great time. And big shout out to Indy City Barbell because that gym was fucking awesome, and got to work out with some guests and some friends at Indy City yesterday. So uh, I had a really good time. But here is Gamar Royster with a really terrific interview. And then after that interview. We're going to talk a little bit about WPO, ESPN, and your guys' opinion on it. And as promised, I have with me via FaceTime, Jamar Royster, 83 kg lifter, almost a 1,700 pound total. Going to see him at USAPL Raw Nationals. Excited to see that beast 83 kg lifter because we needed more elite level 83 kilo lifters just to make everyone's life a lot easier. How you doing, Pancake God?
1: Hey, I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me on.
0: No problem, man. You were a fan-requested interview, so I reached out to you a while ago. People wanted to hear from you, and we're getting a lineup of USAPL guys who are going to compete at USAPL Raw Nationals. So, it was perfect to have you on the show, because one of the top 83 kg lifters in USAPL, and actually probably in the world right now, at least for Raw tested lifters.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And... First, I want to ask this question: Do you think you get compared to Russ he because you're an 83 kg lifter, you're jacked, you're strong as fuck, or is it because the internet can't differentiate between any black man wearing a headband?
1: <laughs> I. Uh, oh my god, that's that's good. I appreciate you. That is good. Um, but honestly. Yeah, honestly, it's it's a mix of both to me. It's because um, before I came into the USAPL scene, most people may not know, but I started with USPA drug tested. <laughs> um, but I believe it was Marcus Ododo who would always get compared to Russ because he's black, and then <laughs> it's just—I mean, it's it is what it is, you know. Um But I think now since I'm on the '83 scene and USAPL, black Jack had been um it's just one of those things that breast has a a huge following Mm -hmm. i mean people when they come to the scene and they see him it's it's what they compare others to yeah i mean it's just is what it is i mean it it could be ignorant or i mean it could just be people genuinely not knowing or i mean i don't know yeah i i did want to I did want to bounce off the headband thing because I listened to your last podcast and, uh, <laughs> yeah, you went on a little rant about it. I personally, um, I've always worn something on my head. Yeah. Uh, so it's always been like hats or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. But when I got into powerlifting a couple of years ago, um, you, you can't wear hats eating. Mm-hmm. So it was the headband thing. And I didn't know about that until I saw, uh, this guy at a meet. And I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. You know, mm-hmm. he had, like, this chain and this headband. And I'm pretty sure that wasn't a wrestling thing either. It was just his his style. Yeah. Uh, so my first headband I wore, like, a year ago. And I actually fell in love with it because it just keeps the sweat off my face Yeah. while I'm training. And it's uh, we train in a, a really small gym, so it helps.
0: Yeah. Well, I used to wear a headband as well, but that's good to keep hair out of my face. But APF meets... <laughs> doesn't allow headbands at national competitions
1: i didn't know that
0: yeah i didn't know that because i wore a headband for my very first meet and my second meet was apf nationals and they said no headgear or anything like that so i was like oh geez so i just gelled my hair and put it back so it would like stay out of my face but yeah i i'm actually kind of psyched that i get to wear a headband now at usapl but it's just a trend that i've seen but uh compare and get back to the Russ. uh you and Russ comparisons. You know, you know what I compare it to. What's that? Have, are, are are you a, like a sports fan by any chance?
1: I, uh, I'm not a big sports fan, but I, I'll watch you in there.
0: Okay, well, here, there's like a trend that happens on like ESPN, NFL Network, MLB Network, where they're inadvertently like biased and racist. <laughs> where so so here's the example I always see. If there is a small. White slot receiver who's fast, they will always compare that small white slot receiver to Wes Welker, to Jordy Nelson, to uh, Julian Edelman, but they will never compare them to Deshaun Jackson or Randall Cobb. No. I'm like, wait, the only. I'm like, they're exactly the same player. The only difference is one's white and one's black. And they say it like nonchalantly and like, dude, that's. No, you can't or, – or, like, a quarterback. If there's, a, like, a fast white quarterback, he's Fran Tarkenton, not Michael Vick.
1: So, for, for me, it's – I'm getting it more and more frequently as my squats continue to, like, mm-hmm. go through the roof. Um, but I tend to ignore him because most of the time it's just a comparison. Like yeah. It's just, like, whatever. But then it's always that one person that takes it to the next level. And sometimes yeah. i gotta got to get in there and put them in their place because – People will talk to you and call you whatever you allow them to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I've seen that too with a few friends of mine who are um, African American and they wear a headband and they're strong. And then they will on they will have they will post a really awesome deadlift video and then immediately at the bottom it's like, man, this guy reminds me of
1: Russ. <laughs> Alright. Like, yeah. Can we appreciate the lift?
0: Yeah. yeah. Or, or like, uh, it's like, it's like, man, we got like mini Russ over here. It's like, it's a nice <laughs> comparison, but at the same time, yeah. Shout out Aubrey Hogan. Uh, yeah. he's a, he's a beast who wears a headband and he keeps on, like, re- comes into the gym. He's like, well, I keep on getting comments that Russ is stronger than me for some reason, so.
1: That's funny. I will say it is trendy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it, Junk Brian makes great headbands.
0: Yeah. Well, he is a, but, a, 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 he is a trend setter. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Like
0: when I, I posted a little meme yesterday of like the, you know, the USAPL IPF starter pack or the the signs here USAPL IPF lifter. People thought I was taking shots at like Russ and Noriega and like Team Flex. I'm like, "No, those guys started the trend." Yeah. I'm making absolutely. fun of the people who follow the trend. <laughs> like it's a difference there. You, you don't you, you don't make fun of the origin.
1: Yeah, so Noriega said something funny about, uh, like, hashtags in one of your podcasts, and he had mentioned, like, 83kg boys saying, yeah. I'm, I'm one of those, I just followed it because it looked cool.
0: Yeah, and at the same time, it's, I'm guilty, the reason why the meme's funny because it's true. I'm guilty of a lot of the stuff that's on the meme, that's the reason why it's funny. Like, people legit think that I'm taking shots at these people, and I'm not, I'm just... I'm just... It is what it is. Yeah. Right. People laugh at things that are true with a little yeah, bit of yeah. sense of irony to it. Like, you over-exaggerate. That's comedy, people. I, uh, exactly. I don't I don't mean to give you the definition of comedy, but I just did. <laughs>
1: it's what it is. Yeah. So, and it's funny because I've said this before and most people, again, don't know. I'm 28, mm-hmm. so I've worn, like, hats, headbands, chains when I was 13, you know? Yeah. Um, but as soon as I uh, switched over to the USAPL scene, I noticed that was already... A thing with someone, I yeah. was like, oh, okay, well, let me just, let me take this chain off because I don't need any more comparisons.
0: <laughs> well, the USAPL is the Young Person Federation. It It's going to sound like, you know, the old person describing, like, something that's cool, but it's the hip federation. Right. It is, I mean, it's got the younger lifters, they're in tune to, like, what's going on in pop culture and all that kind of stuff. They are just younger and kind of understand like society whereas the other federations it's not exactly like that it's you know some a lot of them are older gentlemen a lot of them are older females and they're kind of like past that whole wave of like pop culture so i think usapl is like the hip federation full of the younger guys who actually understand or or at least mimic like the style that's going on now and you mentioned 28 years old that's correct Cause me, you and I are pretty similar with like our experience in powerlifting cause started relatively late compared to a lot of these people. So describe to me how you got your start in fitness and in powerlifting. Give us uh like an origin story of
1: pancake God. Oh, absolutely. Um, I like that it's a two part question because my fitness portion started, um, I'm from Frankleton, North Carolina and mm-hmm. it's the States, you know, it's just country, there's nothing out there. I had nothing to do ever. I was always bored. I had a neighbor named Jay, and we would always watch Jay's dog because he was always gone, and he eventually gave the dog to us, but along with that, he gave us this little weight set he had, which was pretty cool. It was a barbell, and I believe it was an incline bench. I don't mm-hmm. remember if it could fall into a flat bench, but I just remember it being an incline bench, and I think the total amount of weight he had in there was maybe 110. Okay. You know, 110 pounds. So we took it over to the yard. I'm about 14 at this time. And this is just what I did after school. Not every day, but sometimes just to do. I had no idea what I was doing. Absolutely no idea. But that's what I did. And then eventually um I joined the football team in high school. Well, before that, I actually got into the weight room. Mm-hmm. My freshman year, I didn't join the football team my freshman year. I got into the weight room because I wanted, I just felt like I had a purpose to do something and I enjoyed lifting weights. So I got, um, this like test thing going and we had like a, a football test day, although I wasn't on a football team. I just went and I think it's a hundred and hundred and fifty 150 pounds or something like that. Bench mm-hmm. like one, one fifty five. Uh, we did hex bar deadlifts. Okay. Like the hex bar. That- yeah trash Um, so I don't know what I did there and I don't know what I squatted but um, I've always been a good squatter um, but I just never had a a great foundation in terms of someone leading me and teaching me how to properly lift Mm -hmm. so I just did whatever I could possibly do and I mean it worked for me Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of how I got into fitness the powerlifting side of things is a little bit different Um, so after collegiate football um, I kind of just took a little bit of time off like two years Exactly two years off, uh, I was beat, man. Like football beat me down and I did not want to touch weights. I did not want to do anything. Gained a lot of weight. Um, and then in 2016, I got back into fitness mm-hmm. and lost a lot of weight again. So I got down to about 190, 195 to 198 range. And, um, I was just training in the gym. So I'm squatting like 550. Okay. You no, know, no, no knee sleeves, no, 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 no gear, no nothing. Just. Just squatting and uh uh this guy comes up to me, his name's uh Griff, and he's like, Hey man, you wanna break some records? And it's exactly how it happened. And I am just <laughs> like, What? Was like, what are you talking about? This is almost three years ago. And he's like, Yeah, this is this powerlifting meet. This was USPA at the time, and this was an untested meet. Um, but it was uh it's a popular one in this area. And I was like, Oh, okay, yeah, let me let me check it out It sounds pretty cool So I look it up And I'm like, I'm like, dude, there's, there's a sport for lifting weights Like, I'm <laughs> in this I, I can do this I'm strong, I'm the strongest person ever Like, I know I am So I can do this uh, So I go, I look at the records And uh, the state records were pretty high um, And I was like, damn, that's a lot And uh, But I look at the tested records And I was like, oh, okay, that's my ballpark I can yeah. do that I, The tested squat record national squat record was like five it was super low was like 520 or something i cracked it i did like 525 or something mm-hmm. so in five weeks i went from 198 to 181 mm-hmm. and competed in my first meet i signed up and i paid for the drug test and it from there man i mean it's it's a wrap i'm i'm here now
3: mm-hmm.
1: so that's kind of like the origin of how i got into it um since then like I've learned a lot I feel like I'm still learning mm-hmm. I still feel like I'm I have newbie games. I know that sounds crazy but I still feel like I'm growing in this sport
0: yeah and just because people believe that because you're at like a certain age that those like those starting numbers can't skyrocket but they do. They do tremendously, especially someone who is still growing. Like, people are still growing up until that, like, later 20 years old, or up until their late 20s. But, yeah, that's an interesting start in powerlifting uh, due to the fact that collegiate football, because, I mean, my body was beat up and I only played four years of high school football, but that's kind of, again, how you get that push. Yeah. is always high school sports in the weight room at that moment and then yeah, like in college to me someone would always hound me to do a powerlifting meet and i just didn't want to do it i just always got scared of it i was intimidated by kind of the whole thing and it was once i kind of like started going to school less that's when i started get, like someone at the gym just forced me to sign up for it but it was with that kind of same aspiration because they're like, dude, I think you could break a state record, and they said state record. I was like, oh, state record sounds cool. Yeah,
2: state awesome. record
0: sounds awesome. It's like, and, and oh. I, I would love to go three years ago and just like be satisfied with the state record. <laughs> and now I'm not satisfied over anything that That's I do.
1: At all. <laughs> yeah, no. And then it's just, it's just crazy how how much you grow in the sport and how <laughs> much you learn over time, and you look back like. Like damn, I knew nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. Um, so I eventually I switched over to uh, Barbara to coach me. So Barbara, she took over my programming, and I mean, like I learned a lot. She made me question everything. Yeah. Um, because her first response to anything I, I I asked was, "Well, why do you think this is? Or why do you think?" This? So she she uh, really pushed me to question everything that I was doing. Um, and at this time, I'm I believe I'm what, twenty six. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm just like still learning. I thought I knew whatever I need to know with fitness. I mean, I have a BS and exercise science. You know, the power thing was a whole different yeah. ballpark for me. Um, so I'm just like questioning everything, like, well, why is this? And then she'll question me. <laughs> so um, I learned a lot there. And man, it, it's just been amazing.
0: Yeah, and incredible progress you have made. And like I said at the beginning of the show, you are competing at USAPL Raw Nationals. How is this prep going to differ from all the other preps you've done throughout your short powerlifting career? Well,
1: that's a very interesting question, uh, mostly because I feel that I haven't been able to put together, well, last year, since since we're talking about last year and this year, um, I wasn't able to put up what I was intended mm-hmm. due to an injury I had uh, got about a month before the meet. Um, so a month before Raw nationals 2018, I was barely lifting. I was barely squatting or deadlifting. Um, so I just put up the numbers I had then, but now I'm, I feel like I'm almost back to health. Um, I'm doing tremendously in the gym. And, um, so basically I just got on with TSA. I'm a strength mm-hmm. athlete. Um, so I'm coached by Bryce. And what we're doing right now, um, I was coaching myself prior to with him, so I just got on with him about four weeks ago. So I've been coaching myself from Ryan Nationals till four weeks ago, um, and it was going absolutely well. Um, I was doing a little bit of auto regulation um, and some percentage based stuff, some RPE stuff, just a lot. And Ryan Nationals is just a different ball game, man. Prime mm-hmm. time that first experience was like no other. So I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I possibly can to put on the performance that I can that day. Mm-hmm. So cool. it was. It took me, it took me a while to reach out, um, just cause I'm a little stubborn and I think I can do everything on my own, but sometimes we've got to put and set aside those things. So I reached out and it was mostly because I wanted to help with my deadlift. Mm-hmm. So I needed help with my deadlift and it started there. And then I was like, Hey, I'm super busy, man. You can't just write my entire program. So we started discussing that and this is what it's been for the past four weeks. So what the most recent stuff you're saying, it's just me with Bryce and our collaboration on how the program is going.
0: Yeah, uh you're definitely gonna be in good hands under Bryce Lewis. He's a I, I would probably put him in that top five category for coaches in powerlifting. Uh yeah.
1: he's man's a genius.
0: He is. Um uh, yeah, and I had a few friends who attend seminars with him and they just they they got a lot out of it. Now for when you compete, uh how do you think the weight cut affects your performances? I don't think it affects my performance
1: that much. Okay,
0: I've, how much are you really I've cut crossed. down to? Because I, it's one of those weird things that you might seem just way bigger in video than you <laughs> actually are. Because people like, all right, so at the gym, you know, your your, your name gets passed around uh, a good amount at gyms. Which congratulations on that. And well,
1: I didn't yeah. make that happen.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it does, especially with like USAPL lifters. Talk about you know competition, that kind of stuff. The the big thing that comes up is how how much does you weigh out of season because we all know that a lot of guys weigh like 195 to 200 at 183 they're competing at 183 uh how how much do you really walk around it
1: so i walk around at 195 that's all right pretty all standard yeah pretty standard um it's it's so funny um and i hate doing the comparison thing but i actually i have a picture with Russ from Uh, raw Nats and Mm -hmm. there's so many similarities so we have a very similar body build Mm -hmm. um there's of course you know bonuses in different areas like um but like that definitely to me showed me how big i actually was because when i see myself i don't think i'm that big Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah i'm just training because when you're in a when you're in a powerlifting gym everyone's strong everyone's big and you mean you see yourself every day but standing next to him because when i see his pictures i'm like that dude is huge yeah <laughs> but when i see when i saw that comparison photo i was like oh i guess i'm pretty huge too yeah but yeah i'll walk around about 195 mm-hmm. i'll cut down to about 190 190 uh, is a good spot for me um i've done i've done 192 and done a water load and made weight fine have probably one of the best meats i had but 190 is perfect for me and then i'll do a quick water load and get down to 190 i'm 182 so, the most I'll see a difference in is mostly my bench, uh maybe a couple of kilos. Okay. Uh, but outside of that, like, I've hit PRs these past couple of meets in my lifts.
0: Yeah, and I noticed your last meet, too, was – that was your best meet, correct? Yeah. That was, today, nine, for nine, yeah, that was day, nine for nine day. Nine for nine day, like 512 Wilkes.
1: Yeah, it was uh... – Eight for nine. I missed my third attempt squat. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I, I, uh, I could have swore it was nine for nine. So, so I'm looking at my, like, my reporting history shows that I always send it on my third squat, especially if it's at a local meet. I'll just send it. Okay. Just cause, I mean, it's a local meet. You yeah. Know? And it's, mm-hmm. it's fun. I'm with, with a bunch of friends. Why not? So I think I, I shot for 678 and, uh, just missed it.
0: Yeah. I, I, Sending it on squats hard for me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> even at local meets, I just get so scared during squats. I said on the show so many times that I just don't like squatting.
1: Really? Yeah, I get ner- it, I get nervous. I just is it is it the the amount of weight? Like do you do you feel like it's about to crush you? Well, that shit excites me.
0: Well, yeah. Well, not not even that. It's just uh, because all right. So I've never had right, I never unracked something. I'm like, oh shit, this is way too heavy. Like everything feels good. Now even actually missing a lift is one of the biggest like reliefs in my life, reliefs in my life, especially on squat. Because sometimes when I miss a lift, like it, and I don't get hurt, like, oh, okay, good. And I kind of like sigh, like I have like a deep sigh of relief. But, the injuries that I've had on squat, had, or the injuries I've had, were because of squat, and it was during a squat. Sometimes okay. on lockout, sometimes at the bottom of the hole. So I think I'm still a little gun shy, and it doesn't hurt that bad. The injury. I just know if I fuck something up in my hip, I won't be able to compete for the entire day. Right. So and I that's- think that's it. Because I remember, I think I only, and I only missed squat once in competition, and it was during A W P C World Championships. And I remember being happy after I missed because I didn't hurt myself.
1: I mean, hey, that's a win if you didn't hurt yourself.
0: Yeah, it was the first time I didn't it was the first time I didn't come up with the squat in a really, really, really long time. And yeah. I just you know, the spotters took me. I, the weight was too much and I racked it, I'm like, Oh, okay. It felt like it's like okay, that's how it feels. It's like it's like getting the first hit as a quarterback. Right. Or getting or getting sacked for the first time. It's like, okay, that's how it feels. Now I could You know, go about my day.
1: I'm sure we have like, um, the, I'm sure we have like a difference in thinking in terms of how you are with your squat is how I might be with my deadlifts. Yeah. Um, so with my squats, I mean, my squats are my moneymaker, man. That's where I'm a, I'm a pound on the most kilos. Yeah. And then my bench is very consistent now and it's really good. But then my deadlifts, uh, since I had the injury, my deadlifts is just, uh, just been progressing back up, you know, that's really all it is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we just take what we can get out of the day. So the goal is to continue to PR it meets, you know, Yeah. it doesn't mean I'm a, I'm a send it, but you know, I'm gonna definitely do the best that I can.
0: Yeah. Like, so yeah, for my deadlift, I usually, I will send it to a, to an extent, but that's actually, I still had to be talked into doing certain weights before because I get, I I still get scared.
1: You have over a 700 deadlift, right? Yes.
0: The first time I did 705, I had to be talked into it by my friend JP. Yeah. Yeah, he was just, and I barely even knew him at the time because I hit like 683 on my third attempt. And I was like, oh, shit, that was my goal for the day. Or my second attempt. my second attempt was 683, and that was my goal for the day. And I was like, I don't know what to do after that. And then my friend was like, just do 705. I'm like. (laughs) <laughs> i'm like what i'm like i've never even come close to that weight he's like who the fuck cares you won I'm like oh shit all right he's like man if you and if you, if you can't do it drop the weight man i'm like all right whatever all right <laughs> then i did and, I was, and then i did it and that's like because deadlift for me if i even if i do end up like kind of like tweaking something it's a last left of the day so yeah. I could kind of, you know, walk away from it, take two weeks off, because I'm already going to take two weeks off anyway from right. heavy lifting. So I can go What's about awesome. my programming after that. Like, there's some things I can do if I end up hurting myself on deadlifts. But squat, I, I would really like to bench and deadlift that day.
1: Yeah. But also with deadlifting, if it's too heavy or if you hurt something, you can just drop the weight. Yeah. Like, yeah. No harm no foul if, if you're squatting. However, that's, that's a different yeah, story.
0: If you drop the weight, you're going to get your ass kicked by the handlers and spotters and all that kind of stuff because it's, it's incredibly everybody. dangerous. <laughs> to all of our beginners watching or listening to the show right now, don't fucking dump the bar at any competition. Don't dump the bar, period. Just let it, unless you got bumper plates, let yeah. go on the safeties and let your spotters do the
1: work, but... I, um... I definitely enjoy a tremendous load on my back. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it excites me because I'm like, I'm about to do some shit no one's done before.
0: Yeah. I, I, I get, I just get so nervous during it. I, I just, if you ever see me squat in competition, just know that's the most nervous I am. Like during the meet, it's the most nervous I am because I, and I always forget to do something. Right. I always forget to brace properly. I always forget my like hand positioning in the gym. I don't, but in competition, I always do.
1: Um, you know what what's helped up? me? What's up? What's helped me tremendously was I learned that um, depending on your your level, um, once you get to a certain amount of weight, reduce the amount of cues you have to remember. Mm. So whenever I get to anything above six fifty, all I think about is bracing like fuck just brace everything else will fall into line
0: yeah that works for me and that and and that technically has worked for me too because like i like i said before i have never really missed a squad aside from one yeah i've never missed a squad in a competition aside from once so i just always get and then my third squad always feels like the lightest but but i always question if i get depth on a third one like i always add even if i get white lighted i'm always asking people like hey did, did i get low enough yeah,
1: I, a, yeah I I ask that question all the time. Yeah. but I've never been called. I've never ever been called on depth and competition. Yeah, I've only been called for a miss. Yeah, I've been the
0: only red light I received where I got to lift was on my deadlift, and I and yeah, the, I, I I brought up on the show before. Uh, it was kind of, it was kind of a dickish way to react because it was after mm. that 705 pull where I got to lift. So I looked up at the lights and I saw a red light and I like looked at the judge and I was like what the fuck, and I just kind of walked away.
1: Like yeah, whatever dude.
0: And it was it was like a big pull, biggest pull of my life, and I didn't even celebrate it. I just kind of looked at the, I, I looked at the judge and I was like, Are you gonna give me a red light? Even though I got two of them. <laughs> and I was yeah, and it was and then I like thought of I looked at the video. I'm like oh, shit, I look like such an asshole. Um, but apparently the guy was accidentally red lighting people all day.
1: He, he was like, that.
0: just, he was, yeah, he had his, uh, he had his thing fucking upside down.
1: Yeah. He had
0: his, he had, his, I think the white and red light mix. Cause I remember that whole day I was looking at deadlifts. I'm like, why the fuck is everyone getting red lights? Like at least one red light. I'm like, it's a all deadlift. Right. It's so easy to judge. Like I'm sitting here judging all of them white lights. Like there's, there's no ramps. There's no hitches. There's none of that. But apparently the guy just accidentally kept on hitting red lights.
1: I just never understand how head judges like gauge depth. Like, I mean, I'm not a ref. Yeah. I'm not well, they're manager. not supposed to. So, so I what's that?
0: They're not supposed to.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, but I, I see it a lot, and I just, <laughs> I always had that question. But I'm always like, whatever. Um But you've switched to USAPL now. So, how is it using the stiff bar? It's it's a it's a definite change.
0: Um, yeah, I brought up on the show before, like, my, the reason why my deadlift works is because I'm able to stay upright for a long period throughout the movement, and if I don't get upright or don't stay upright, then it's going to be a completely different lift, and the stiff bar forces me to get a little bit out in front of the weight, because you just don't have that slack to kind of pull out of it, so. Right. I am probably better off with a deadlift bar, I think... I think I pulled seven thirty on a deadlift bar like three days after one of my competitions, and that's like eight pounds or fifteen or or ten pounds more than my PR with uh with the stiff bar.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, so I I, I I'm trying to work with the stiff bar. you um, more. I I mean I always work with the stiff bar more frequently, but I gotta like work on just different technique cues to help me stay upright. I agree because if i bend over and use more of my back, my deadlift is it's fucked.
1: Up. It's over. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it won't get off the ground. Dang. Like it it will not get off the ground like i i could probably pull i can't like grind weight. Yeah. I can only pull it really easily
1: or it just doesn't come off the ground. See, I'm the opposite. I didn't like this the deadlift bar. It always just threw me off. Mm-hmm. Always. And i maybe it's just cuz i didn't properly learn how to uh, like pull the slack out. Um but it always tossed me forward. I would always get, like, at least one rate on my dad's. Yeah.
0: With lockout, like, that was the... when I kind of broke it off the floor. Lockout was a little bit more difficult for me with a deadlift bar. Yeah. But, and that's with the sit bar, lockout's pretty easy. This Absolutely. is getting it off the floor is the problem. But, um, like, yeah, that's, uh,. I guess I never really went through, like, the issues with the deadlift bar because I, I – I maybe it's the way I deadlift. It could be just, like, because my ability – my whole goal is to stay upright, and it allows me to stay upright. So it's actually probably easier for me to use a deadlift bar, even if, even if I don't train with it regularly. And, like, my first six, seven meets, I never trained with a deadlift bar. Wow. Like, the only time I would use it is in competition.
1: Yeah. I think I think I've heard you mention that before too.
0: Yeah, it's it's like oh, and even if I do do USPA more or after uh, US, I'm done with USAPL. I'm still training with the stiff bar. <laughs> <laughs> like that that helps that helps your deadlift so much. Is training with that stiff bar? It's
1: unbelievable. It's, it does. Like I I I'm a fan of the stiff bar. Um, I'm glad I I'm using it. I'm pretty fast off the ground. Pretty slow at lockout. Mm-hmm. That's that's
0: me. Yeah, I. I mean, I guess with like most like high 100% to 103%, most people are we're going to struggle with the lockout.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I I have seen the opposite where people are super super slow off the floor. Uh good friend of mine Janelle uh who just competed female lifter like it's eternity getting off the floor. But once it comes off the floor, it's yeah. it's it's a deadlift.
1: Yeah. But
0: Yeah, all right. So looking forward to raw nationals. Do you ever feel like you're being overlooked in the 83-kilogram weight
1: class? That's a a pretty – it's not a tough question. I don't think – I want to answer this as best as I can. I don't think I'm being overlooked, but I also don't think I have put together the meat that I'm capable of Mm -hmm. to continuously be in that group of people. Um, You know, because – At the end of the day, it's going to be a talk about Sean and Russ. And King of the Lists is going to do a great job of building that story. Because that's what they do. They love to build stories. Mm -hmm. So they're going to build that. And then Sometimes poorly.
0: But they build stories.
1: (laughs) And then uh, Marcus Odoto is always going to be to other people on the outside of that. And he'll never be considered within that one or two spot. But, I mean, I wouldn't sleep on Marcus. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't sleep on... Anybody within that top five to eight, you know? Yeah. Um at the end of the day, we have to also remember that it's what you can do that day. You yeah. know, it's your best performance that day. You can have a shit meet, you know, and then that person who you didn't expect to be there is there, you know. Like you flip up at someone someone's someone's day. Yeah. You know, for me I, I have to go forward and be and do everything I possibly can now in order to put the performance I Know I can and know that I'm capable of on that day, and then I mean, who knows you know we'll see what happens after that, but right now, I mean, I don't think I don't know if they're sleeping, I don't think they're sleeping i mean i'm I'm up there
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, my squad is definitely turning a lot of hits, I don't haven't posted much of my bench and dad, so I'm kind of saving those mm-hmm. um, but everything's going well, I'll say that,
0: yeah, and the reason why I bring up the question is. I, I, I'm not gonna say that all of powerlifting is overlooking you. Like, I, and I, and I'm gonna say not. that all the powerlifters in the 83, uh, kilo weight class are definitely not overlooking you. I'm saying as far as just me going into gym to gym, telling people I'm doing USAPL Raw Nationals, and here, oh, the first dickish thing that people say, which I don't think they are meaning to be a dick about it, but, uh, they 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 kind of are. Is it's like, oh, dude, it's like you got to compete against Sean and Russ. I'm like, well, yeah, I do, and I know they will beat me, but I'm like, if you think those are the only two top guys in 83 kilos, you're insane. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, you, you want to talk about those guys? I'm like, you, and you're the name that I bring up because I legitimately think you have a chance. It's gonna be hard beating Russ. I'll say that right now. Like a a bad Russ meet will beat a lot of eighty three kilo guys in the world.
1: Yeah. It would have to absolutely. be a
0: really, really bad meet. Like a really bad meet.
1: Russell Russell's an executioner. Yeah. I mean he gets the job done. I mean <laughs> and that's that's all you need, you know what I mean? Yeah. But but
0: within that top three spot and maybe that even that second spot, I think you have a legitimate chance of possibly overtaking Noriega and being that other guy kind of rising up through the ranks and I just say that because you're not mentioned when I go into gyms and then mention I'm an 83 kilo lifter and people yeah won't be quick to drop your name like well he's got you know a chance to be top 5 top 3 top 2 I'm like I it would be nice if I could get that 5 spot <laughs> like that's I, uh, that's uh, like that's what I'm referring to and there's a lot of people also coming out of the woodwork but I think yeah. As far as I've seen with what you've done at meets in the past and what you've been doing in training, I think top three is a definite, definite possibility.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I don't, and I won't count myself out. Um, no one believes in me more than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I will say, like I said, I'm just doing everything I, I possibly can on my end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it is what it is. The guys have been in the USPL a lot longer than I have. Um, they have been in the weight class a lot longer than I had. I mean they have got uh followers um in a, a, a an audience bigger than I do yeah. you know so I I wouldn't say I know my role but I say I play my role well and I will execute when it's time to execute mm-hmm.
0: Yeah and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that too Yeah because again I think Within the next few years you're gonna start seeing like the eighty three kilo weight class even get more competitive within that top five spot and I think and I and I personally believe seventeen hundred pounds that's the total right now that you have to get in order to be consistent with competing against the top guys. Like yeah, if you have absolutely. a sixteen fifty, you're gonna be good, and that's that's another thing I want to I, I uh, want to quickly bring up when I, I I do mention to people or people see me um, that I signed up for USA Pillar Raw Nationals, um, the first thing's like oh, ready to get destroyed or ready to lose. <laughs> like it's like well you know maybe maybe you can put in a performance that won't get you completely embarrassed. Listen, dude, right. if I total sixteen fifty. If I total 1,650, 1,660, that is a good total for an 83-kilo guy.
1: Absolutely. I'm like, there's you not a lot of guys that.
0: in the world doing that. And that if is- you total 1,700, that was like a year ago, that was kind of a real big milestone for 83-kilo yeah. guys.
1: Like, powerlifting has just come up so fast. I mean, like I'm I'm still, like I said, I still feel like I'm used to it. I'm still learning so much um, in, in terms of that. But I think people tend to overlook – how much you've progressed, mm-hmm. um, your your totals, how big it's gotten over time, how much you're constantly increasing, and all they want to see is a bigger picture. Like, oh, but you're not there yet. You're not yeah. there yet until you get there. You know, but yeah, and then I, most of
0: the people who do say that are not Russ, Sean, or anyone else in the 83 kilo weight class. It's all people so on the outside in. looking in.
1: Yeah, no, and that's exactly you're you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, I'm like, at least and, uh, I'm in the
0: same so, sentence so as those guys. That's nice. It's
1: it's so funny. Like, I I like both the guys. Um, it's yeah. It's funny with uh, Sean as well. Like, so uh I remember, I, I don't even remember when me and Sean started like communicating over uh, social media, but I remember um I was like, all right, I'm going to up my days into two squat days a week. Oh no, I said three squat days a week. So for the past like year and a half, I was squatting once a week. And I'm um, still making the progress I, I was making then. And then he goes, dude, no, just just do two a week. You'll be fine. And then I do two a week and, you know, run my own program and fucking squash just blew up. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I'm not telling you anything else. <laughs> like, so, like, you like Sean's always always willing to give out you know help and helpful stuff there because at the end of the day we all want competition it's the only thing that's gonna make us better you know and i i love that these guys are fucking strong you Mm -hmm. know like they're like i thought i was the strongest (laughs) yeah and so i come over to this side i was like all right i got some work
0: yeah oh yeah for sure and it is you could be competitive and be friendly at the same time Yeah. you could be competitive and i mean there's a certain extent of bullshit that I, I think I've talked about the show that I smell when people are like, "Oh, I wish they beat my total." I'm like, no, you fucking don't. You don't wish yeah. they beat your total. Why would you wish that? It's your total. But you want. But if they do break it, you'd be like, you'd be happy for them still. Absolutely. Like, okay, I'm happy for them. Now I get to work a little harder to beat that. But I don't, I, I don't buy some of the things that people say. I think it's um a lot just to you know. Wishing well, people I think, will beat your totals, like I don't. I, why I would I wish that? Are,
1: I think some people are free to be competitive. Yeah, you know, I think some people are free to let that let that be style. You, you got to. Like there was um, someone who recently commented on my one of my SWAT videos, and said, "You might keep up with Russ," and I was like, "I don't compete to keep up." Yeah. <laughs> like, if I'm competing, it's to win. Regardless of what anyone says, the only reason I'm powerlifting is to fucking win. Yeah. You know, I get. All these other goals that we do have, these progressions and things like this. I mean, yeah, that's cool, but this is also a sport to me. It could be a hobby to you, but this is a sport to me, and I want to win. Yeah. So I'm going to do everything I can to win, and that means I'm going to have to compete, 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 and continuously compete until I win. Yeah. Like That's, that's just how it's going to be.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I see a lot of those comments recently on Instagram and social media where it's – I don't know if they mean harm by it, but – it's, it's like if you're going to make those comments, you better be a strong person yourself oh, yeah. because I will probably end up roasting you because yeah, yeah. that end up happening to me just on a simple picture. It's like, no offense, man, but you're going to get destroyed by Russ and Noriega. I'm like, one, know that. And two, I'm going to be destroyed by more people than that so i'm like don't don't just put those two in there there's probably four or five guys who are better than me and then that person ended up like oh no no i was just trying to motivate you i'm like what the fuck one you're not my coach don't try to fucking motivate me dude i'm like i don't need you to motivate me by telling people are better i know this and that's how i get my motivation it's like no 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 i was just like i like how hard you work like dude get out of my face
1: well that's funny because like once as i said people will say and speak to you however you you allow them to yeah. But once you start to speak out for yourself they're like oh no i i didn't mean that so yeah. I, I get that a lot too i'm like nah i don't and one I, there was a time where someone was just yeah i don't know same shit always either something about 83s and whatever but i like i lashed back like t- from time to time because was, was a certain point i'll i'll just like all right it's time for the time for me to respond because I don't usually entertain a lot mm-hmm. but then um, I got a bunch of DMs from person, like oh I didn't mean it like this and da 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 I'm like why don't you just comment on the page we can have this conversation there like we don't need to yeah
0: well and we even said it like I have even got into these altercations in person where I've like I've said like someone said something and it's like you know what I I have no problem throwing shade back at people I don't even know if they mean insults I don't even know if they mean right. to insult me but um, I if if you don't know that it was, a like, a dick comment you just made, I'm going to let you know that it was a dick comment. Right. And then, again, they would apologize to me through always on Instagram. They would never apologize to me in person, which is annoying. Oh. But, like, no, no, I didn't really mean it like that. I was just saying, like, like hey, man, don't explain yourself now. It's like, you really don't half even need to people, apologize. I'm just telling you how I feel about
1: it. Way, half the people who have social media um, have a way to speak their mind without mm-hmm. consequence, you know? Because at the yeah. end of the day, half the stuff that is said Wouldn't be said in person
0: No, I, I yeah, I mean to an extent cause, Yeah, it has happened recently Where I was in the gym and somebody said Like, well, I don't think you're gonna get top three At Raw Nats, I'm like, what the fuck oh, wow. I'm like, what That's... the fuck, no shit, I'm not gonna get raw, uh, Top three at Raw Nats I'm like, well, I qualified, I'm there Like, I, yeah, <laughs> like right. it It, no, uh, something. yeah, it's like, well It's probably more than you could say about your Career right now as far as powerlifting it's like I I was just like what the fuck kind of thing is that to say to someone just immediately when you're walking in the door like I'm I'm like dude it's it's fine that's it's- the reason why I'm competing is for me to put in my best total possible because if I go yeah. 1670 that day so close to 1700 and I don't place you could I will be proud of that
2: right absolutely. I will be happy
0: not satisfied but proud cuz I know I'm like well I wasn't going to squat 600 that day I'm not going to bench 370 that day. I'm not going to deadlift 750 that day. I know what I'm capable of. I, I yeah. I think people people who are on the outside looking in have a lot more opinions. But it's actually, in my opinion, could be a good thing for the sport because now we're kind of getting fans or people actually interested in the sport, like Because outs- I mean, because I say this right now, but you could bet if something's posted on MLB Instagram page or if i get into a debate about fucking sports with one of my friends one of us is going to say some dumbass comment like lebron is trash like no the fuck he's not he's not fucking right. trash dude right. it's like he, but we're outsiders looking in we have no idea okay. exactly. how good those people are but um also speaking of Raw nationals kind of like finishing up there what type of performance would make you satisfied Because we talk about satisfaction with meets a lot on the show, and it feels like powerlifters are never truly satisfied. So what performance will get you close to that satisfaction?
1: It's funny. I was just, before this this call, I was actually talking to a guy who was talking about just getting into powerlifting and everything, and that was one of the first things I told him. I was like, dude, you're never going to be content. You're never going to be satisfied. You're going to always want more, so just be patient. You might actually
0: only be satisfied your very first meet.
1: Yeah. Oh, your fulfillment is definitely there, but you know you're gonna. when we get, and then moment. when you
0: get deeper in the waters, then you're not satisfied anymore. It's over.
1: So for me personally, my personal goal outside of um, whatever we, we come up with, my personal goal is to have an 800 or more kg total. Okay. Uh, I that will for me that's that would be everything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I. <laughs> I want to, so that's that's one goal. But my <laughs> my obvious goal is to go toe to toe in the squat. I I want a squat showdown. I want to battle. I want people off the seats. I I want this shit to go down. And I I like I live for this. This is what I want because I know I have an amazing squat and I want to like test it. Mm-hmm. Like I want to I want to go toe for toe.
0: Yeah. Alright, so you have like a, oh, well that, those are two I think everyone has that though A total in mind, and then One lift they really want to just Kill it on
1: And that's that's all I want
0: Yeah And it would So, alright, so say if you hit that 800 kg total, and then you finish Fourth or third
1: Would you be satisfied still? Um, I would be satisfied with Uh, okay, so I guess a little bit more specific I would Podium to me is top three. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about four or five.
0: Wait, that's... is four or four through five podium too?
1: Yes. I didn't um, know that. Well, yeah.
0: So, podium for me is
1: one through three. Just to yeah. clarify, because so, I didn't know that USAPL does that. Yeah, so, um, injured last year, I went six for nine, I believe. Um, and I placed six. Okay. So, um, I remember being told, like, if I hit this last day, at, you know what, well, podium? I was like, podium? What? up? <laughs> So podiums are like 1 through 5, if I'm not mistaken So podium for me is top 3 Yeah, Um, that's
0: um, the Olympics, that's how I look at it If you get a medal,
1: a bronze, that's podium The goal is the podium Personal goal, um, 800 kg total Mm -hmm. Um, And I won a 700 plus squat Like, it's there, it's absolutely there Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that Uh, Squat has been looking terrific yeah, one of the one of the people, because that's Russ's lift, too, is his yes. squat. And Noriego's making some big progress there in squats, too. But, yeah, that's, um you, you got to have a big squat if you want to be in that top five range. And I think that's where you get a lot of, like, that's what separates the great from the good, is that squat. Yeah. Like, that's squat, because all of the top guys are close to 700, I believe.
1: Yeah. Or like, at least there. I, um was it that's a that's a lot that's a lot of 83s like i'm seeing randomly on instagram like hitting hitting if not 650 or more yeah you know? so that's
0: that's that's why i say that that's why i say like squat is what's really separating people right now yeah so the squat is what seems to separate kind of the like the good lifters from like the rest of the field because i think a lot of people have big deadlifts yeah like, a lot a lot uh, of and i think that's probably easiest list because you can kind of get away with dog shit form
1: yeah I think uh, most people I don't I I really don't know what it is Um, I'm no I'm no like scientist or anything but I I it seems to be that people are easier at picking shit up Mm -hmm. than just putting it on their back Um, for me my deadlifts definitely took off when I had to take time away I mean my squats took off when I had to take time away from deadlifting Mm -hmm. um, due to the injury so I just started squatting more Um, and now I think once someone sets that bar or whatever the case is that people are going to rise to the occasion, Mm -hmm. because again, competition breeds athletes, man, competition breeds challengers and people want it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just gotta, just gotta do it. man
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah, I'm hoping to get some of that because I've been seeing those 600-pound squatters are just I mean, who are just throwing up for reps now, seemingly, and I was like, God damn. Like, feel, people were in, people were impressed by my squat like two years ago. Now that's yeah. out the window.
1: I feel like once you hit that that uh, milestone, like once you cross the 600 line, mm-hmm. it's only up from there. It gets yeah. easier, you know, because once I hit 700, 672, I'm it for doubles. So, you know, yeah. like that – that became more, I'm more confident in squatting 672 for Mm -hmm. reps. Um, And then 650 to me, it's the new 600, you know, like, and it's just that it just keeps progressing that way for me.
0: Yeah. And then it happens in powerlifting a lot because I, I like, seriously, this is what people don't understand. Three years ago, a 600 pound deadlift for a 181 pound lifter was really, 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 really good. Yeah, you were turning a lot of heads in the powerlifting community and in just the regular fitness community with a 600 pound deadlift at such a lightweight. Now that's an opener
1: yeah. for
0: a lot <laughs> of elite level, elite level guys. It just is. Well, we, if you crack think, 600, you're going to get claps and it's like, ah, oh, that's a really great lift, dude. Yeah, it's not, but it's not. No. It's not like the top
1: lift you're going to see anymore. No, I think um, as I, I've heard this on multiple different accounts, and just once that breed of Like what more, there's more and more football players coming into Mm -hmm. this side of it, just jumping into it and hitting these huge numbers. And I mean, it's just so much and the sports growing, but I think the pool has opened up even more that we're going to find those outliers and those outliers are going to find out that they're really good at this. Yeah. They're going to come in and they're going to demolish competition. Like it's nothing,
0: especially on squat and bench because football players, their squat and bench are usually out of this world. Their deadlifts, for some reason, I've seen their deadlifts not be as good as other uh, as their other lifts, and I think I think reason, and I, this is just a complete assumption based off no scientific evidence or even real evidence or any sort of evidence at all, um, is because a lot of strength programs don't
1: put in heavy deadlifts. Yeah, I because um, I did I power
0: cleans. My yeah, the big three absolutely. was squat, bench, power clean.
1: Yeah, I can speak on mine. So when I was in college, we focused on a lot of squat bench. We actually did deadlifting, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as frequent as squat and benching. And we did a lot of like power cleans, and and cleans, yeah. and yeah, we all did a deadlift stuff. for an accessory to power cleans. Exactly, but we would max out on deadlifts. But here's the thing: mm-hmm. I was never properly taught how to do a deadlift, and I fucking hated it because yeah. it hurt like a bitch. I'm pretty sure I was straight like, deadlifting. Like, yeah. So it's so funny, we're talking today, so I look at my um, Facebook, and you know how Facebook has, like, memories? Yeah. yeah. So my memories show uh I benched, what was it, eight years ago, so 20, I was 20 at this time, it said I benched 335 pounds, I squatted 550, um, and then I deadlifted at 435. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure my bench was a touch and go.
0: Well, certain strength programs are, cause, alright, so in, when I was getting bought up through strength uh, training, bench press, the technique, they, they taught us correct tini- technique. Don't get me wrong. No one followed it. No one listened. People wanted to throw up big numbers on bench, so we were doing everything wrong in order to get it. Yeah. And they weren't exactly like, uh, counting it, or they weren't exactly like holding us accountable for that, so that's one thing that could have changed. Cause we had a really good strength program in high school it's one of the best in illinois so wow. what like if they just like okay your ass at least has to stay on the bench it could be a touch and go but your ass has to be on the bench our bench presses would have been a lot better but yeah that was one thing where my mechanics were all over the place when i was in high school and that trickled down to when i was in college to to a point where i just stopped lifting which so i stopped benching heavy because I could yeah. not main, I could, cannot maintain correct form. So I would just only do 205 till right. I was like 22 years old and then progress from there. But we were taught how to sync our squats and we were taught how to properly
1: deadlift. Yeah, I think I was um, lucky enough to have people in my life to see my potential and want me to exploit that. Um, so there was this guy named Johnny Mack and he became my trainer um, before college football, because he knew that was the thing I wanted to do, so they prepared me for that. Um, so he put me on his bench routine and squat routine, and I mean, he really he got me strong, mm-hmm. and, and it, it was great. Um, but he was the one who told me. But when I got to college, it was a whole different level, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, because when I when I got into college, it was more like that bodybuilding kind of thing where yeah, it was it was a relief not lifting for a sport, but at the same time you know, kind of set those goals. And that actually did help a lot bodybuilding through, uh, transitioning into powerlifting. Not, I didn't compete or anything, but just that it building muscle. And I hate when people don't realize this or I hate when even bodybuilders don't realize this and powerlifters building muscle, no matter how you do it will make you stronger. Yeah. I mean, people think bodybuilders think that, Oh, if I do the powerlifting it's you know gonna ruin whatever muscle development i have i'm like no man they make you that's why you look the way you do it's because you're did neglecting you think,
1: that did you see taylor atwood's uh beyond the platform i have not i believe it's called beyond the platform i'm not sure but yeah he talks about that that's how he he started it was a lot of bodybuilding work mm-hmm. you know and i mean shit it works it
0: does it does and it works i think i think russ has a background in that too. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of, if you do it correctly, if you do bodybuilding and powerlifting correctly, you are either doing one or two of the movements for either of those sports. So like, if you're a good bodybuilder, chances are you've been doing a lot of powerlifting movements. If you're a good powerlifter, chances yeah. are you've been doing a lot of bodybuilding movements. Absolutely, It's the shitty ones who neglect, yeah. neglect the one or the other. I, I, and I, I think bodybuilders are a little bit more guilty of this. Yeah, Like the I bodybuilders at my old gym. Would like constantly, like, oh, I'm a power lifter today. It's like, oh, you're doing squats. If you're not squatting, bud, you're probably not going to have a good physique. <laughs> and they didn't. So I guess I was right on that.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. Just...
0: Yeah. All right. So we got our segments coming up. We asked this to all of our guests a technique tip that Jamar has that helps him in any one of the three lifts so any cue or technique tip that you have that has helped you um in squat bench, or deadlift yeah
1: outside of bracing because that that goes for all um for squatting for me um yeah, i wouldn't even really call it a like technique but more of a tip for me is when i'm when i'm squatting and i'm in the hole as opposed to thinking of pushing the weight up off my back i really really focus on pushing the earth away from me um, to help me stand up within mm-hmm. my squat. So, okay. That helps someone.
0: Okay. Yeah. And it well, good thing it was on squat because again, if you guys follow Jamar, his squat is through the roof. <laughs> All right. And our, our other segment, annoying things powerlifters say.
1: There's a lot. Um, I know there's
0: a lot. And I think this one, I think people think about this one way more than the technique tip, which is hilarious.
1: Yeah. I, I think I have um, I have a couple. I mean, we've already discussed the first one, and um, I just want to put it out there again. Like, the the whole comments about you look like Russ, they'll always continue. But <laughs> yeah. if you see someone, if, if you're listening to this, um, that should not be the first thing you say to someone. Yeah. Um, whether you think you're passing a compliment or not, it's not. Um, to some it may be, to me it's not And to a few others I'm sure it's not um, So yeah. I, it's, people, People's got swag man Just respect it <laughs> yeah. Well
0: alright and uh, on the flip side of that I would like to clarify That I don't look like every person With glasses and a beard <laughs> Because I just get stupid ass And some of these things Cause alright and, and I'm sure you're uh, completely Used to this by now or have experienced it You don't look anything like Russ no, you literally never. look nothing like him. Like it's it's not even like it. If, if I was to, it's like literally you're not. Nine day.
1: What's that? <laughs> literally night and day.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like it's not even that. It's just everything, like hair, face, like body, like you don't look anything like. And same thing with my buddy uh, Sterling and Aubrey. They don't look like Russ at all. But people are gonna say that. Yeah. Some of the people that they tag is like, dude, you look just like this guy. I just want to comment, like, one, it's insulting that you think I look like this person because I think I'm much better looking. <laughs> and two, he has the only similarity is the fact that he has dark hair and yep. glasses. That's it. That's the only, like, as soon as those similarities stop, that's where we don't look alike. Yeah, and a lot of people have glasses and dark hair.
1: <laughs> for me, it was, the. I think the headband was... Is what gets everyone. Like, again, I, I'm not wearing it now. Yeah. I only wear it during training to keep the sweat off. I do wear it in competition as well. Yeah. But once I put that on, it's like, oh, you like Russ. And I'm like, oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, my yeah. friend Aubrey could not look anything. I mean, he couldn't look less like Russ. Yeah. Like, just only only thing I, is he's the same race.
1: Hey, I applaud the man for being a trendsetter, though.
0: Yeah. Um, he, and, yeah, yeah, no no hate on Russ because he does
1: start oh, friends. Nice. Absolutely not. Nothing but respect for the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, the most annoying thing that I find that power lifters say, "Man, it's it's usually well, you know, I'm not that competitive, so that mindset itself, it's shit. I have to get away from. As soon as I agree that, I'm like, I'm taking a step over here. Oh, okay. It's, you know, it's not like it's not. I, <laughs> Go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I know exactly what you mean and alright, I, I don't want to pick on anyone and I'm not gonna mention their name because this person is quite sensitive. So I'll I'll leave it. And I actually and I'll probably get some like DMs calling people calling me an asshole uh for saying this. But I saw this and I've I've seen people post like I don't really like competing, I don't really like doing any of that. Um I, I'm not a competitive person at heart. It's like and when you say that I immediately think no, you are competitive, you just don't want to deal with the backlash of failing. If you win, you will be happy. If you lose, the mindset is, oh, I'm not that competitive, so it's fine. It's like, yeah, you fucking are, that's why you're yeah. competitive powerlifting, you bullshitter. <laughs> what baseball player, what football player, what basketball player is like, oh, I'm not a competitive person. Like, and then why the fuck aren't you playing pick up hoop- hoops outside? No, why I, don't you just I, shoot I... by yourself? If you're not yeah, competitive. I mean... You're competitive. It's okay to admit it. They're just saying that. So when they do fail, because a lot of times you're going to fail, they'll have that, like, they can get out the back door a little easier. They have, like, an emergency exit.
1: But that's the beauty of failure, man. You learn from it. Yeah. Like, you embrace it. Like, I'm going to talk my shit. I'm going to say I'm going to have one of the biggest squats at Ron Nationals as Mm -hmm. an eighty-three. And if I fail, guess what? I'm going to go back to the drawing board, and I'm going to keep doing it and keep pounding the way at it. Mm-hmm. Like it is what it is. Like, but the, the whole mindset that oh, like oh, well, I'm not that competitive, so this doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Or, and I think a lot of that does. Yeah, you're not that competitive yet, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but if you were at that level, you would never be saying this, you know. So, yeah. and, my, and the way I think about it is, for instance, going back to like squatting seven hundred pounds, I'm going to squat it at Raw Nationals. I say this because I've seen it in my head a thousand times over. I've never said I'm not that competitive cuz I've always been competitive. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in my head over and over and over. So when it when I'm there, I'm there. Like it's not a surprise to anyone. Yeah. You know, so you got to you got to you got to you got to believe in yourself and you got to do it mm-hmm. regardless of what the outcome is.
0: Yeah, and having that mindset is definitely important for any 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 athlete in any sport. Powerlifting, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, you have to be competitive to be successful. Like the guy, it, it, I have never seen a successful athlete not be unhealthy amount of competitiveness
1: Man, that they have. I mean, I'll say, I'll tell you this my first, my first Rob National experience was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've chatted with the guys every now and again. Like, I've met Russ my first time at uh, the Arnolds in 20, uh, 2018. Um, and here, here's the funny thing about meeting him I think he said something on his podcast. Um, once, but I have to clarify it here because it, it wasn't right. <laughs> so I, when I met him, I wanted to meet everyone I was going to compete against. Mm-hmm. That was my goal. Um, and I just wanted to meet people. So I, I walked up, I was like, hey man, yo, Bruce, it's, it's nice to finally meet you. I can't wait to compete with you at Raw Nationals prime time. I hadn't even competed in the USAPL meet yet, <laughs> but I foreseen it. Like I knew I was going to do it because I set it and made it a goal, and mm-hmm. I knew that it was going to happen. I competed about like three weeks later and it happened, you know, like, so, (laughs) so with that, what, when you're, when you're, when you're competing, like, I don't want it to be a friendly competition. Like, I don't, I don't want people to like, just come up and say, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Like, I like what I got when I went to my first round nationals. No one talked to each other. It was just, Mm -hmm. everyone was just for themselves. It was, it was great. Yeah. I mean, except Except uh, UU, UU's great. He's a good guy. I love him. He was just happy, happy to be there, happy to live. God, he's got a massive deadlift. Oh, my yeah, God. he's he's nasty. That shit. He was he was he was mad cool, just chill. But everybody else is so tense. Yeah. But I love that environment. I love the vibe.
0: Yeah, and I it's oh, and I think the the attitude nowadays. And I thought about this. It's people want to act too cool to be competitive. People want to, it's like, oh, I really don't care about it that much, you know, to be competitive or anything. And it's, it's like they only do that so they don't, they, they foresee them making a fool out of themselves if they are competitive. It's like, no, it's fine to be competitive. That's a good thing. That is a good character trait. If you lose in something, it is okay to be upset. If someone beats you, it is okay to be upset. You don't have to show sportsmanship. Sure. Shake their hand that Absolutely. kind of stuff cuz that person did not, you know, do anything dirty. They didn't uh they didn't fuck you over to get there. They probably right. worked harder than you and probably more skilled than you. Shake their hand whatever, but if you're upset and you're pissed off about that and you're like, "Ah, eh, you know what? I don't want to go out and celebrate afterwards. I don't want to go out and get a drink." It's fine. You're competitive. It's okay yeah. to be upset when someone beats you. It's okay to be really really happy when you beat everyone. We live in an age where you have to put your fucking head down and be like, oh, you know, just all in a day's work.
1: Like, fuck you. No, just celebrate. It's okay. I, I don't appreciate participation trophies. I absolutely despise them.
0: I do to an extent. Not for adults. For children, <laughs> Not yes. For Not for adults. For children, yes. For, for I gotta, kids compete, for kids gotta, playing sports.
1: That's I perfectly fine. Participation trophy place in 6. Yeah. I threw that shit in my bag and I've never taken
0: it out. Oh, and well, like I got an argument about this with kids or with um with adults about like kids getting participation trophies. I'm like there's because I got to participate in participation trophies when I was a kid too cuz I didn't play on good sports teams. Like it happens when you're a kid. Yeah. You you can't fuse the team that you're on. So, I got a participate participation trophies before and the person was arguing is like, oh, you know, you're you're telling a kid it's okay to lose. Like, no, you're telling a kid that it's good that they competed in something. But the kid will understand what that trophy is. It says participation trophy on it. They know the <laughs> difference between participation trophy and first place. Yeah. They understand that. I'm and inside. when I was a kid, when I got a particip- participation trophy, I just fucking, like, I, I disregarded it. Yeah. I, I completely forgot class. about it it's like I don't want i don't I don't keep this thing
1: there's no there's no value in it yeah, yeah. and and um, I think and kids I, are smart enough to know that I'd prefer to just have nothing yeah you know because the participation trophy is a constant reminder that I suck
0: yeah uh. and that could be good though for uh that could be good for motivation. like yeah the motivation so, and like building upon that competitive spirit because when I was a kid I would do, during those ceremonies when I know my team was like like, when I play Little League, like, we're in last place, and they're doing the trophy ceremony. I was getting so pissed off during it because I knew they were going to give me the, the trophy. It didn't mean anything. I knew, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to, like, you know, pretend I'm happy about it. And I was just in a pissed-off mood until I went home. Like, that, Like I'd just rather not be here, but that kind of motivated me, even as a kid. Like, you got to get better.
1: Yeah, I have a friend, um, and... It means uh Becca Nuns and she has a medal that she keeps in her bag and I believe it's like from one of the meets she did and then you know it, it means something to her and so I have my participation medal in my gym bag. So every time I go to the fucking gym <laughs> <laughs> I remind myself that I, I have to constantly put in the work. Yeah. You know? Um so as you said it is it is a it is a way from uh way of motivation for me um but it's mm-hmm. not i never look at it it's just there i've just never taken it out or anything
0: yeah and i and i think a lot of powerlifters are guilty of this but i would say not the elite level powerlifters sorry to pick on anyone like below that but it's if you're proud of like being top three at a local meet then it's it's, it's okay to be proud but please don't gloat about being second when there was four people there yeah like just don't gloat about it because reality is going to hit you really, really quick in all aspects of life.
1: Well, that as well as if you are at the level and you do qualify, go to nationals. Yeah. Like, compete. Don't – I get the – well, I'm not that competitive. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, be at this number. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, go compete. Yeah. Like, really, really put yourself out there. That's the only way you're going to grow, and that's the only way you're going to rise to the occasion.
0: Oh well, yeah, and that was a big motivation for me to go to USAPL Nationals. Because like, I mentioned uh in an interview before, I think it was with Joe, uh, when I said, like, when I was my first meet and I broke a national record deadlift, I thought I was the strongest guy in the world. I thought yeah. I, was, I was one of the best 181 pound lifters in the world. And as I got deeper into sport, I realized that I was way off of what I thought I was. And the goal was to get stronger and stronger. And then even at AWPC Worlds last year, I was in a different country. I had a great 9-for-9 nine nine meet, uh sixteen twenty total. I was happy. And then I was happy for like two hours. Then I was like, you know what? This is AWPC. I got to start yeah. doing USAPL meets. Yeah, I know for right. a fact those guys are going to give me the best amount of competition. I am going to finally be at a meet where not only am I going to lose – I'm going to like because I've like one best overall lifter in most of my meets, or I, if not all of them. But this meet, not only am I not going to win that, I'm I might not even place my weight class, and that's yeah. something I need. It's, like I need that. I need to yeah, seek that absolutely. competition
1: because um, that can... once I got once I got injured, it was like well I was what five weeks out, no four weeks out from the meet, mm-hmm. four weeks out from the meet, and I mean at that point I honestly didn't know if I was going to be able to compete. Yeah, uh, but for me, I know I needed to be there. I needed to be there because I needed to get my ass kicked. Yeah. But, I was, but only because I knew it was interesting. I was like, My ass going to get kicked no matter what, but I still needed it. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, I still competed, you know, mm-hmm. and I was only four pounds off my best total, healthy, unhealthy, um, as opposed to being, um, anything above that. So I didn't PR anything but my squat, okay. you know, but I still did it, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I was fearless, you know, so I wore that headband, fearless, just to remind myself, just to, you know, put myself out there do it. You're going to come back from this and you're going to get stronger. You just, man, you just got to do it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I this is probably a pet
0: peeve I've never really throw up, uh, put on the show, but, like, don't, yeah, don't avoid that competition. And I see it in so many different ways. Like, people just avoiding competition because either they know they're going to lose. It's like, well, fuck, don't avoid it. Don't avoid the competition. Yeah. Go toward heads on. It's okay. You're going to lose. You could be pissed off, but that's fine. Also, I like just, just avoiding weight classes too. Oh yeah. Like avoiding certain weight classes. That drives me insane sometimes. Like even at national meets, maybe, maybe like, cause you're still going to get challenged no matter what weight class you go to you just might Absolutely. be more competitive cuz i mean in reality i'm probably stupid for competing at 83 kilos cuz i weigh <laughs> nah. 177 pounds. so yeah, I,
1: I heard that i was like what
0: yeah i'm i'm way too small <laughs> but um it was when people see me it's like yeah 181 or probably 165 but yeah. um i'm 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 small for the weight class and it's not for me it's not because i'm wanting to challenge myself with 83 kilos i just don't like cutting so, right. but when I see it with other people, like, no, I can't compete 165. This guy's going to kick my ass. Like, I got to go, I got to go to 148 or something like, dude, it's, you're avoiding competition just because of one person, really. Yeah. Because of one person. It's like, if you're going to go 148, you're, it's like, it's not that competitive or, or it's like, you're going there. Cause it's not as competitive. Now, if I cut to 74, I'm, I'm going to be challenged by at least six guys.
1: Uh, 74 is a deep man No it's, it's yeah.
0: 74 through 198 74 Is, is deep. super deep
1: Oh my god You're
0: not gonna have man. An easy time In any of those uh, in, no. in that Those weight classes Cause Atwood would yeah. Kick my ass Atwood would Kick yeah. my ass If he was one If he was Walking around at 175 And competed At 83 kilos Yeah
1: He
0: would beat me Easily yeah. Like he'd he's
1: be, he'd, be, he'd beat a lot of people He'll be prime time That's for sure
0: Oh yeah for sure He yeah, he <laughs> he could possibly get. He has a What 1730 total He
1: He's got a a huge total. I think it's 790
0: kg. Well, I've said this on the show before. If we're talking about people who are overlooked, even though Atwood gets a lot of credit, I think if you ask a lot of people, they will forget that he won best overall lifter at IPF Worlds. Because I feel like the hype that day was the battle between Gibbs and Russ, which is fine because battles are awesome, but he was the best lifter in the world that day. He was the best overall lifter that day. So,
1: I was by far probably the best uh, male power lifter right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Russ had an amazing day. Yeah, no, not taking any credit away from him at all. But I was on a whole different level with the 74s yeah for sure it would be interesting to see i know he's got a few more years at 74 but it'd be interesting to see him come up
0: yeah and i think it will be easier for him to come up because i i don't i i don't know how much he weighs
1: well he's not like super heavy for no he typically weighs maybe a couple of kilos outside i believe i believe he's almost at weight or close to it i don't think he's that far
0: he based on videos it looks like 175 yeah it's not that it's i mean that's heaviest that i'm thinking and what the instagram does put some pounds on you too so he if i saw him in person i'll probably say like 173 172 but he uh yeah he he will probably have an easier transition 83 kilos and that's probably why he's so effective at 74 as well but yeah for sure all right man it was awesome having you on (laughs) uh really good long interview with you really good talking to you finally
1: yeah, absolutely, man. I truly appreciate you bringing me on so I can, you know, talk my shit and uh, speak my story. That's cool, man.
0: Yeah, and if you want to talk some more shit, let me know. We can get you on the show, especially because USA, USAPL Raw Nationals will be in Illinois. Oh, yeah. We'll have quick yep. access. I'm in Illinois. I'm 20 minutes away from the meet. Jeez. Yeah. I, that's the reason why I did it.
1: Oh, that's going to be exciting, man. Yeah. I, um, I think I'm flying out there early, so I'll be there early. Oh, um, sweet man! So definitely, I'm um, definitely gonna be looking for a gym to probably get my last session in at too.
0: Yeah, well, search in new levels, that's the new levels—that's the gym I train at in Carroll Stream. It's perfect for USAPL lifters, uh, especially by that Lombard area uh, okay. where the meets being held. Where
1: are you staying? Um, I'm still not quite sure yet. Okay, uh, so that's kind of up in the air still, but I've got my ticket and everything. Okay,
0: um, so yeah, because I like—I don't know how many people are staying in the host hotel.
1: I'm not saying there.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause I, it's got to be expensive.
1: It's too expensive.
0: Yeah. Cause so, every single time, time you do a host hotel, it's way too expensive.
1: Yeah. The host hotel and, and Spokane was like eight hundred something dollars. I don't know. Whatever the mm-hmm. days I was chose. That sounds it. Right. I got an Airbnb. I got an Airbnb that was like what five minutes down the road. Not even mm-hmm. had a hot tub, um, a whole, whole damn. damn house for what I think it was like $200 a the week. shit yeah Yeah,
0: i think a lot of people are doing that staying airbnb um yeah if you stay in the city yeah i i guess i'm just giving like friendly travel advice if you stay (laughs) in the city um lombard is not that close to chicago it's like 35 minutes away Yeah. so yeah like you would have to kind of think about that as you go on because i think a lot of people with good reason are going to stay in chicago because it's a beautiful city best city in the world okay. um aside from being like the most expensive city to live in ever but still love the city but like if you travel to lombard it's going to be a pain in the ass yeah like yeah well, it's like really driving like the uber is going to be expensive if you decide to do that the train station will take you pretty close to lombard but then you have to uber from the train station there so It's a lot yeah, Airbnb is probably the best way to go. But, yeah, we would welcome you with open arms at Surgeon New Levels Fitness. Uh it'll be a great place to get your last session in uh, before before Nationals. I know I'll probably be lifting, like, probably that Monday. We, do you know when we're competing? Uh, Thursday. Thursday? That's a fact? Yeah. Okay, Thursday, perfect.
1: Because uh, last year was Friday, and this year was Thursday. I okay. Was-
0: all right Friday, yeah, good because i i scheduled my whole program so i'm maxing out a thursday so that's perfect <laughs> so my last workout day will definitely be that monday um, oh, I'm uh, yeah so um and i'll be training in and out of there as well so yeah surgery levels open to you welcome arms we want to come on the show again we can have you in studio we could uh travel with the show as well
1: yeah absolutely man
0: anytime i appreciate it all right and again thank you for coming on now here is our segments and we are back. Thank you Jamar Royster for coming on the show. Looking forward for you being in Illinois and competing with you at USAPL Raw Nationals. Hopefully we get you in studio for another interview. And now here is my opinion, my viewpoints on WPO being on ESPN. And we're probably going to have a, probably entire show topic on this because I, I think it's doing a disservice me rambling and droning on about the WPO being on ESPN because there's a lot of different perspectives, and that's kind of why I want to talk about it. it. Going through Instagram, seeing this breaking news, which is huge for the powerlifting community, it had its mixed reviews, and it makes sense because a lot of people that I follow are in the USAPL, Natural Raw Lifters, or the USPA Raw Lifters, Raw with Wrap Lifters, and WPO is going to be an equipped competition, Multiply, and recently equipped lifting and gear lifting, all that kind of stuff, has been, you know, being thrown by the wayside. And having equipped lifting on ESPN for some, they think that it's not the true form of powerlifting. The raw lifters, or at least raw with wraps lifters, should be on that big platform. And, yeah, there's a lot of different perspectives on it. And a lot of it like super super negative which i understand and some of it was funny some of it was kind of contrived and expected and a little bit cliche it's like the cool thing to do is to you know not like equip lifting and yeah and i and i wanted to post the your, that on my story to get your guys opinions of it and we're going to keep this short because there's going to be probably another show topic on it uh, next week we're going to talk about it more in more detail but i wanted to hear your opinions just really short ones on it because it was mixed and it makes sense that the responses that I received were mixed because a lot of my following are USAPL natural lifters or teenage lifters and teenage lifters through you know like 28 year old lifters aren't really into the gear lifting so one guy immediately comment said yeah I'll take a reboot of Red and Snippy over this I don't Remember Ren and Snippy because I'm a 26 year old, but I guess he liked that more than that. I don't know if that's an insult or like a compliment. Like, it, does he really like Red and Snippy, or does he not like raw uh, gear lifting that much? Um, maybe cool to see, but Saturn not incorporating Raw Divisions seem seems like they are trying to rekindle ge- gear lifting in the contrary to the current sport landscape. Um. I don't know if you're trying to rekindle gear lifting. I just think that the WPO... The WPO in of itself is like a spectacle that resembles pro wrestling. And that might be a little bit better on ESPN than maybe another Raw competition. Uh, Bain said it was fantastic. Brock A. Myers said good for exposure. And a small number of lifters, bad because it's geared Raw is more current. Yeah, I do agree with that. Raw is more current. Uh Grant, 93KG, it's about time, but I don't care how many people have ESPN3. And I think ESPN3 is online. That might be an online streaming ser- streaming service, but it's – so here's, here's a – I've been hearing this a lot. They're like, oh, ESPN has bass fishing. They have, like, pool on it. They have all these kind of sports on it. Well, fucking US, USAPL Raw Nationals isn't on ESPN. You have to watch it through an online streaming service. It's a good streaming service, but ESPN, I guarantee you, I guarantee you is going to be better than a USAPL IPF live stream. It's going to be 10 times better. So I, the, the thing when people are negating it, the fact that they command ESPN 3, it's better exposure than a 100% of the prior meets that were ever live streamed online. ESPN is better than those. It's a, it's a, it's it's like in the American culture now. ESPN, it's it, so many different platforms of sports have gone through ESPN. It is the sports network in the world. So I, I get a little annoyed when people are negating ESPN. Pretty, uh, yeah, kind of annoying. Uh, this is probably my favorite one. Squats high, viewerships low. That was fucking golden. If, if, if there's, a, if there's, if there's a clapback or an insult, I'm taking that one. That one's my winner. I love that one. Hoping they don't make a mockery of the sport on big TV. I don't think they'll make a mockery of the sport. Because, whoa, well, to who? To the regular viewers? Regular, the regular viewer doesn't know how to fucking lift. I'll tell you that right now. If you ever go to a commercial gym and watch someone lift, they don't know how, what they're doing. They're probably squatting high themselves. I don't think, I think it will make a mockery of the people lifting within the sport because a lot of people have an idea of what the sport should be and how we should lift and what the rules should be and how the judging should be. But if you're talking about regular viewers, I do not think they'll make a mockery of it. Skylar Brandt said if there's enough money, he would compete. Yeah, money is, it's a money meet. Money meets are big. Hawk says gear lifting is making a comeback. We'll see about that. I don't know if it's making a comeback. Uh, I, I still don't think that's going to be the, the trend in powerlifting going forward, but I do think Raw with the wraps is going to be the big, uh, the big one. But I, I don't know about gearlifting making a big comeback. Um I'd be more interested if it was Raw, but I'm still gonna watch. And, and that, that's a, and this is a shameless name drop here, but I was talking to Chris Bridgeford yesterday, uh, while I was in Indiana, and we we were talking about this. Like somebody asked him, like what he thought, hit, what were his opinions on WPO and ESPN, and he's not a gear lifter, so of course was you know it's like, well, I wish it was something else. Or I mean, I'm I'm not gonna quote him exactly on what he said because I really don't remember quite what he said. But it like people want to see other divisions lift on a bigger platform. And but here but here's the response that I'm seeing. We're talking about it on this podcast. It was brought up in regular conversations. People are putting it on their stories. This person just said, rather be wall." still going to watch. We are going to watch this event. It's going to be easy for us to watch this event. Therefore, it is successful already. The fact that we're talking about it, the fact that we're going to tune in, this is going to surpass USAPL Raw Nationals live stream, IPF World Championships live stream. Uh the current US Open, Boss of Bosses. I firmly believe that, and fuck, I could eat crow in, you know, four months from now, who knows. It is going to surpass that, because people are just going to tune in, if you're a USAPL guy who hates gear lifting, or if you're a gear lifter who loves gear lifting, you are going to watch the event. It is going to be viewed by a lot of people. So, it, it just in that, in just in that circumstance alone, it is already a su- success, People are talking about it. People are talking about powerlifting within this community more often, and more people are gonna watch this. I, I don't know if it's good, but I'm saying it's it, it is going to bring a ton of viewers towards the sport. Someone said, "What is it?" I fucking asked for an opinion, not uh, dude. DM me. Don't believe it in that. Sorry to sorry to come down on you, but this what is it? Come on. Someone says, "Fuck that." All right, kept it. Kept it simple, trash, alright, that's pretty blunt again. Can't complain if the sport is getting more exposure, makes sense. Should have the IPF or USAPL Nats on live. With this, they're just promoting multiply half squats. I don't know if they're promoting half squats, I don't know if they're promoting this type of lifting. I think they're promoting probably the easiest thing to stream, because WPO is going to be a smaller meet. I'm keep competing in USAPL Raw Nationals. Too long of a fucking meet. Go on ESPN and try to watch an eight hour event. Not happening. Baseball games are too long. Look at the viewer look, look at the look at the ratings on baseball games compared to every other sport. Too long. Someone asked me what my opinion on gear lifting is. I asked for your opinion, not the other way around. If you want my opinion on gear lifting, DM me, bud. Let's see. Matt Wallace said, love it. Multiply is doing more for mainstream powerlifting right now than Raw Nets than Raw ever has. I don't know about that, and here's why, Matt. I still don't think that anyone knows these gear lifters. The raw lifters are the most popular lifters. After this event, possibly, but as of right now, I don't think they're bringing into mainstream just just yet. Uh, and I and I don't think, and I still don't think gear lifting is the future of the sport. It's it's very similar to why people play basketball more than people play hockey. It's really fucking easy to play basketball. That's why you see in the inner cities. That's why you see the impoverished playing basketball. And soccer, for that matter. All you fucking need is a ball and a hoop. And in soccer, all you need is a ball. Hockey, you need ice time. You need skates. You need pads. You need a stick. You need a puck. You know, if you're in Illinois in the summer, you gotta get into an ice rink. You gotta rent that space. It's harder to do. And... That is similar to raw lifting and gear lifting. Raw lifting, all I need is a pair of shoes, shorts, and then a barbell and some weights. Gear lifting, I need six of my buddies to spot me. I need six of my buddies to get me on these fucking squat suits and these bench shirts. And I need three people spotting me. I need one person holding a board. I got to make sure someone's working a monolift. I got to make sure someone's uh, making sure I don't collapse on myself or is someone holding the board for me it's it's too much it's hard for gear lifting to be mainstream when it's really really difficult to do um it's cool but multiply equipped or multiply equipped does not interest me at all and I agree with that that's kind of what I'm saying with this I am probably going to still watch again to my point earlier but I I it just doesn't interest me Gear lifting does not interest me at all. It's it's hard for me to watch, and I, I West Side First the World is gaining more and more, um, you know, exposure. It's going on Netflix. It's on Netflix now, so people are seeing more gear lifting. But it's still like the the, the documentary is good, is in, in, in like in a filmmaking sense. But still, the lifting just doesn't interest me. It it doesn't interest me at all. It's just not a it's. I don't know. It's not aesthetically pleasing. I don't find it too entertaining. Um, but I at, at the same time I haven't watched too many like elite level gear lifting, so maybe this will be different. All right, and Guillermo, of course, says make geared lifting great again. And yeah, we have a lot of people who are gear lifters or fans of gear lifting who listen to the show and who follow me and Bane. But again, it's it's going to be interesting to see this play out. Next week, we're going to try to have a bigger topic on this because I think there's a lot of arguments that could be made. Um, Again, massive, shameless name drop here, but me and Chris Bridgeford got into a really good discussion about this. You know what? I might fucking call Chris. Yeah, I might do that. Maybe. Yeah, I might. But we got into a really good conversation about it because like just a bunch of different like back and forth kind of thing because people are upset like how the sports being portrayed they don't want it being portrayed like pro wrestling and, and i'm a pro wrestling fan i would love it to be portrayed like pro wrestling because i don't know about you guys vince mcmahon is making a fuck ton of money it'll be great if we can get money and if people understand that pro wrestling is choreographed people understand that it's quote-unquote predetermined uh finishes i won't call it fake but it's predetermined finishes People still tune in, people still buy pay-per-views, people still pay loads of money into the WWE network, and they know that is choreographed. They know that the outcome is predetermined. People don't care because they just want to be entertained. Powerlifting can be that, and if that's the end goal in powerlifting, and that would become, that'll be a massive success. If we become a quarter of what the WWE has become, massive, massive success, so. Again, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. We're going to try to get a topic for this next week. We're also going to have a guest on next week as well. Again, USAPL Raw Nationals around eight weeks away. We're trying to get some of the roster up on the show. But that's going to do it for Two White Lights this week. Thank you again, Jamar, for coming on the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, follow us on Spotify as well, and that's going to do it. Peace.